Jeremiah Wonders is brought to you by Blue Chew. Does your PP not work, but you want it to get real plump and fat, but it's like, nah, not into it. Well, guess what? Blue Chew is the first chewable dick pill. Like, you know, the Flintstones vitamins. If you don't like swallowing pills, then this is for you. And because Blue Chew is chewable, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. That sounds great. Blue Chew is reliable. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And we know those be working. There are lots of things you can buy online right now with all sorts of claims about the Casanova they'll turn you into. But Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians. You'll get a one-on-one virtual consultation to find the right prescription and dosage for you. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Your lady will never know, and you won't have to go to the doctor's office, make awkward small talk with the receptionist, or wait in line at the pharmacy. All she'll be saying is just, that's bigger than I remember. Are you dating an old woman? I don't know. Plus, Blue Chew is cheaper than what you would get at a pharmacy anyway. Get the same active ingredients as the name brand stuff at a fraction of the cost, and the online consultation is free. And here's the best part. Just for listening to my show, Blue Chew is giving you your first shipment for free. Just pay five bucks in shipping. How? Visit bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E chew.com and use code SACS at checkout. Try Blue Chew for free on me. Just pay $5 for shipping at bluechew.com and use code SACS, S-A-X. Thanks for sponsoring the show, Blue Chew. Well, we've got a very exciting episode with one of people's favorite guests on this show, Pete Holmes. I'm so excited that he's returning virtually. He called into the show. We had a great time. And we even talked some stuff that maybe this is not as silly as the other episodes. We got real silly. We got serious at some moments. It's a good ebb and flow and a different side of Pete that maybe hasn't appeared on this podcast that I think that you're really going to enjoy. Go to my merch website, jeremiahwatkins.com. And for touring, I'm actually in Addison, Dallas, Texas, in that area this weekend, October 22nd through 25th. And you can pick up a new Saks hat and t-shirt, Jeremiah Wonder stuff, Jack the Ripper, Feminist Stacy, Cat Burglar, all that stuff is up there at jeremiahwatkins.com. And I want to thank everyone for subscribing and liking and commenting. All that stuff helps reviewing on iTunes. I appreciate you guys sharing. Thank you guys so much for watching the show. And without further ado, please welcome my good pal, Pete Holmes, back to Jeremiah Wonders. You know that like when people think it's on your end and you take it personally, that's the height of human stupidity. I'm saying (laughs) me. I'm like, you think it's, of course it could be your end. We were having technical difficulties and your tech was just like, it's probably his end. And I'm like, how dare you? The audacity. I don't know this guy coming at me right now saying it's I bought this computer with American money. And it works. And I've it works. used it it's for film. It's like European right now. I don't know what's oh, going on. I tip it in euros and I pay it in cash. In cash, I mean American. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I had the best COVID. Okay, come on. We are. We're doing great. We're doing, we're doing great. It. We're in it. Jumping in. Jumping into political. I have the best one. My COVID is the cure for other people's COVIDs. Listen, my COVID is stronger <laughs> than anybody else's COVID. It is quite oh. fantastic, okay? Wow. Hidden talent. Hidden talent. Brought to you by Bill Cosby. Hidden talent. 
<laughs> oh no. I don't want to think about Bill Cosby. <laughs> I had the best COVID. We were doing uh Val and I were laughing. I don't want to do it because he's sick, uh, but it, it made, we were laughing at Trump the musical, going, Daddy, can you see me? <laughs> Just like, Daddy, do you care? I have a million dollars. I have luxurious hair. <laughs> He's just, you know, dad, you know, dad issues. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Did you know that his, uh, his dad's name is Frederick Christ Trump? Did you know that? Wow. So, so in, in Trump's opinion, I am the son of God. Okay. I am. I'm the son, I'm the son, I'm the son of the son of, of God. I'm the son of the son of God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if the son of God is more popular than God, the son of the son of God is going to be more popular than both of them combined. I have the best COVID. You know what? <laughs> you know what's better than a sequel? A sequel sequels. That's what I like. Okay? <laughs> Hidden talent. Hidden talent. I uh, I didn't mean to open us on a touchy thing when we were, you know, when we were trying to get this to work. I did open up the feed and then you see his face a million and then you're like, how am I not going to sing? Daddy, can you see me? Daddy, can you see me? <laughs> Daddy, do you care? Look at my beautiful suits. Behold my glorious hair. Billions, billions, Mexicans, Mexicans. <laughs> billions, billions. <laughs> oh my God. So, how are you? Welcome I'm, to the show. I know. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say uh, Pete wins Saint of the Year Award because we just did a tech rehearsal for a solid halfy of an hour. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, you stayed positive and you worked with us and I appreciate you, man. Keep it, keep it positive. positive. What? I'm good in those, what can you do situations? I don't like situations where there are things you can do, mm -hmm. but I don't mind the ones where there's nothing you can do where you're just kind of like, well, the flight's delayed. Like those don't bother me. Right. Am I choppy? A little bit. I think it's smoothing out slowly. A little bit. You said you're in. Uh, you said you're in right now. Right? Oh my god! Security breach. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's, no, it's fine. Flying. <laughs> We've got people. Um, I'm trying to elevate the screen so it's closer to the window, so it's closer to the Wi-Fi. Uh, so it's closer to the window to the wow. So it's closer to the sweat driven down my balls. <laughs> <laughs> that internet connection uh, is good okay um, <laughs> i don't know the song well enough to riff with you i wish i did <laughs> it's okay it's like when you're wanting to but you're like oh, no I'll, I'll catch yep I'll catch i really case. did i really did it's like when somebody who doesn't speak english very well starts talking to you and you really just want to like how do i tell you i'm safe i like you and you just like end up looking like an idiot like <laughs> like yeah you look like borat like double cool <laughs> <laughs> double cool double cool there's that new borat i'm actually excited for that new borat movie to come out 
I was just trying to watch the preve when I was making sure my headphones were working and I didn't, I didn't see it, but I, I, I don't, I, it's called like he gives a pornographic monkey to Mike Pence. And I'm like, does he do it? Does Mike Pence not know who Borat is? Is that possible? That would be pretty wild because I feel like he's a pretty big phenomenon in pop culture and stuff like that. But yeah, but also Mike Pence, you never know. Maybe he's not in that world at all. You couldn't infiltrate him for a fake interview dressed as one of the vegetales. Let's just say that right now. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw a porn star that you enjoy or you have enjoyed in the past, if you saw them IRL, what are you doing? Are you saying hi, fan of your work? Even better, you're in an elevator. Mm-hmm. So you have a good, you have a good couple minutes. Do you say like, I like your work? Do they want to hear I like your work? Is that skeezy? Definitely not in an elevator because that's okay. closed. <laughs> and just like looking at a woman being like, like glancing at her and being like, I like your work. And then there's 30 more floors that you. Oh my God. I was trying. I I was trying to make it less weird. Meaning like, okay, you're in line. You're in a bakery. It's a popular bakery in New York. And there's two lines. You're in a cave and you're in a cage inside of the cave with this person. You realize that you're prisoners, but then you look at right. Do you say. You're a fan. <laughs> Did I tell you? It seems like something I would have told you that I watched um, Conan the Barbarian. I think it must have been a long time ago, and I s- might have smoked some weed. And I was like, I wonder if it's like fun to watch Conan the Barbarian. And um, there's this scene where they're sort of explaining the story of Conan, and they're like. Oh yeah, he was he was the fiercest warrior. His his family was killed. He he learned to throw a, uh, an arrow before he learned how to walk. All this all this cool whatever kind of cool stuff. And then when he's Arnold, there's a moment where he's in a cage. I didn't make this up. I don't endorse this. And they just bring him a naked woman. And the implication is like do you remember that time that like the sort of like goth core weird trench coat, uh, nine inch nail, uh, super fan high school weirdos. They just love that stuff. And they're like, they just brought him a woman, man. They just brought it like that. Like that's what the eighties and early nineties were was that that sort of thing was okay. Like he's such a cool barbarian. They just bring him women. And that's the fantasy, but I'm watching it. Like, what the fuck? How can this be an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? And they bring him this naked, naked, literally a naked woman, and they push her into the cage with this barbarian. Uh, and then he comes up and he puts his coat over her and covers her nakedness. And I was like, hey, okay. So even in the 80s, 90s, they knew that this was not even vaguely rape. This is just a, a horrible rape right. scene. And they go, but our hero has a heart and he puts a coat on her. And then Jeremiah, he takes her in the coat over to the bed, removes the coat and then gets on her. It's just like, <laughs> it's not, 
like they were like the producers had a meeting and they were like, well, we can't just have him like ravage her, like maybe a coat. Anyway, it's it's a touchy subject, but it's so dark and so indicative like of, of the chivalry is there we for mere moments. And yeah. they're like, well, his name is Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> I want to see Con- about that. Conan the Chivalrarian. Conan <laughs> the fighter of rape culture. That's what that is. Dude, I don't mean to get serious, but I'm like, you and I grew up watching that shit. And there's no way it doesn't have a negative effect on just the whole collective male psyche is that we like Biodome too. I watched Biodome and there's a hilarious scene where Polly and the other Baldwin weirdo are like, let's do a prank. And the prank is that they get in the beds of the sleeping, beautiful scientists and start trying to have sex with them. And like, it's like hilarious that the women are like, and like, I'm like, that's sexual assault. Like what the fuck? So whenever I get sort of down, I like to think at least you could never put that sort of stuff out there again for kids like you and me to just be like, I guess it's funny. It's I guess funny. it's hilarious, right? I mean, I don't know if I ever did, but like subconsciously you're going like, well, Paulie Shore did it, buddy. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of all the other Conans out there that that got marked off the list before they settled on Barbarian, like Conan the Equestrian, <laughs> like Conan the Electrician. <laughs> like all the Conan the Electrician. If only he had a catchphrase, it would be in Rift City. He has nothing. He's just Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know, he's literally just a yoked dude making noises and i guess you know having sex with women like in his cage yeah somewhat i'm a rage i'm just <laughs> raping a cage oh man you found the riff I found the riff and i i led you to these precarious waters but yep. uh i don't know that's where my brain went well there was conan the librarian that was in oh. the movie uhf right right and somebody's like i'd like he, oh, he goes, don't you, are you familiar with the Dewey Decimal System? And then he slices them in half. It's, it's uh, pretty much all you can do with that one. Sure. Yeah. That's and, the end. And blackout. And, and yeah, you're done yeah. with that after that. What are you drinking? What you sipping on? I call this my honey pot. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, ooh, 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 what's it? What's funnier, a steam burn or a fire burn? Like if you're in a comedy and enter Jeremiah and you fall over your untied loafers and you land on a campfire, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Or it's going to be hard to beat that. Because after you get up, it's the classic (laughs) where you're on fire and yeah. Oh, you don't get up. You walk in, you fall on the campfire. Conan throws an arrow into your back so you're pinned to the to the campfire but then as you're burning to death he puts a blanket over you i was thinking he smothers me with his blanket like like one of those fire blankets but then he turns oh, me yeah. over and has sex with me <laughs> that's the riff that's the riff he someone told him some barbarian mentor was like you can do whatever you want as long as you kind of tenderly put a blanket on them you can smother them to inflame Games, don't worry about it. They need they need to do like uh uh like a 
Encino Man version with with Conan, where they bring him and he just keeps trying to do that to women, like in public. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 that's not cool. You can't just do that. <laughs> I mean, you had me at Encino Man. I am in. And uh, the second Polly Shore reference. I know. We're going deep. We're going deep, but I used to think I wanted to be Polly Shore for sure. I think a lot of but us I, did. I knew I wasn't. You can't, I couldn't wear green bell bottoms to school and have chest hair. And he wasn't, that, that's a cool kid. You know what I mean? I was like, that's like a movie freak. The freaks that I knew in high school that I played weird computer games with and stuff, those kids were weird. One black pinky nail. <laughs> and just so much dandruff. Uh, not transition lenses, but lenses that are always at a 50-50. Did you have a friend who would, who would grow out like pinky nails or something like longer than the other, but like they didn't do cocaine or anything. They're just like, right. You're just doing this for the style. Well, there were a million things we did. I feel, and I'm including myself in that because I'm just like, we didn't know what they meant. Like, um, teardrop tattoos. If they had been an option, we just didn't know that meant you murdered someone. Yeah. Uh, or a Coke nail. We just thought it was like kooky. Kids just want whatever you have agency over. That's why, like, remember when it was cool just to not tie your shoes? Like, that's how close you were to being like a cool rebel. I had uh, some shoes that they were no tie shoes where the laces, you pulled them one time and then they were just spirals on the outside. You just went like this and then they were just spirals. They just stuck out on the edge of the, the laces they were just spirals and you only had to pull them once. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was definitely obsessed with the shoe of the future, which if you ever saw a movie in the eighties or nineties in the future, uh, back to the is one mm -hmm. laces are out. Can you believe we're still tying laces? Like we can't get over that. And like the fact that like clip on ties are stupid. It's like, yeah, this is supposed to be the future. We shouldn't have laces. We shouldn't be, I shouldn't be going like this with a necktie. Like, what am I Amish? Get me a clippy, get me a magnet. I want shirts that have like a, that's very future, a circle magnet. And then a, and then I just go, and then my shoes go and there's spirals. And then I, I'm not going to join the hacks that say, where's my hoverboard? We all knew that wasn't going to happen. happen. When was that going to happen? But where do you cross the line then if you, you know, where if you're putting on the shoes that like self lace themselves up and the ties and stuff like that, like then you get so lazy with culture where like a guy like putting on a condom, like he's going to want it to just. <laughs> Ooh. Just I'd like put a magnetic silver. rim around the base of my shaft if I could have a, a condom that had the, the the matching magnet in the roll, and then you just put it on the on the end, and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Safer sex is that close a permanent surgery where mm -hmm. you have a magnet, uh -huh. and then magnetize condoms, and it and it makes it fun. Yeah, and you can definitely put some sort of whistle in there, <laughs> like so when the action of it going whoop goes. It has to go up. And then if, and when your erection goes down, it goes. And then I no longer have to announce 
I'm sorry, I'm just hot, which has always been my excuse for losing an erection. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm hot. Ask Val. Val will tell you that if I go, I'm sorry, I'm just hot. It's always my theory that like if blood is rushing to other parts of my body because I'm hot, there is something to it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if there's something to it. <laughs> I remember one time I, <laughs> one time I went soft and my wife looked at me like, like, is, every, is everything soft. okay? And I just go, and I walked away. I didn't know what to say. That's like, <laughs> I was going to say, it's, I think one of the best things about being, how long have you been married? Uh, three years now, been with her for over like coming up on over 10 years now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that you have to do that every time. Um, because you do, as you were doing that, I was like, Jeremiah, I don't care if you dated for a year. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That's that. You gotta say that. You gotta say that. Yeah. Uh, well uh, then you can, it doesn't even have to be marriage, but a committed relationship. I can't think of the last time like uh, losing boners used to be more of a thing or more of a worry really uh, because you were with somebody that you didn't know that well. Right. And and then what's weirder. I saw Mulaney one time do this joke where he goes on your knees, rolling on a condom in front of a stranger. (laughs) He was like making fun of like how he was not a casual sex person or whatever. It was like, that is exactly why you're going like don't lose this boner because you're basically you're trying not to fart the whole day i mean the whole thing is tension and body control it's like a david blaine experiment you should have like a magician style houdini style poster for like i will not fart or burp the entire day i will chew with my mouth closed i will be interesting and for the big finale i will roll on a condom magnet free with a stranger in the room what a strange world but as soon as i come i'm gonna start vomiting frogs up as well (laughs) (laughs) that's what i call coming I'm going to come. Does he regurgitate frogs? Uh, I don't think it's David Blaine. I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting him confused with the other street magic guy. The, uh, what's his name? Oh, Mm. I forget. I forget. Vortex. Maybe it is David Blaine. No, I feel like David Blaine is the guy who makes things disappear, like big structures and stuff like that. That is not, that's not accurate. No. That's, that's Copperfield. Oh, yeah. It is David Blaine who does the throwing up. Copperfield is, is the guy <laughs> who makes big things disappear. David Blaine is the guy who throws up frogs. And Chris Angel is the guy who is goth and, and, yes. and walks on water and stuff like that. And we're back to Polly Shore. Chris Angel is also what Hollywood thinks a freak is. Freaks aren't sexy. Freaks look like, yeah, you know, like they a have a six pack of and- film. <laughs> yes. I don't like it. As somebody who was pretty freaky in high school, meaning like not in any group perfectly. So on the outside, uh, I don't remember seeing anybody with an eight pack. Because <laughs> as soon as you have a, it's like, yeah, yeah, just um, take off the Weird Al t-shirt, walk around topless for a while. You can be in any group you want if you have an eight pack. 
So would you say that you would you categorize yourself as as relating to that freak group in high school? Like that's who you would associate with? If I'm watching no, no, now that you're making me think about it, when I watch freaks and geeks, I relate to the the geeks because the freaks were the cool kids that were like smoking pot, basically. And I didn't really gotcha. have too many friends. I had some friends in the freaks. I had some friends that were like smoking doobies and and you know had i guess unwashed hair and but i i really like the computer nerds because it was this is now i'm just doing my dumb podcast but it's like i like the computer nerds because they were programming their own games which i thought was really creative right because making your own games which is something i used to do is like as close as you can get to like writing a, a tv script or a movie script it's like who are the characters? What happens? Like funny things would happen. And like everybody else seemed to be trying to finger each other. And I just like, wasn't, I was so intimidated by that whole scene that I was like, no, thanks. I'll be with these guys. The Vax nerds, the computers were called Vax. I don't even know what that means, but we would play Vax games. You'll like this. Um, I, uh, in high school, I got caught cheating in word processing class. Wow. <laughs> and this what is, were you cheating off of Clippy? <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Looks like you're taking a test. <laughs> uh, you want some help? <laughs> He's like the drug dealer of the PC world. I'm like, hey, what do you need? I got it. <laughs> Can I give you some suggestions here? <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Imagine when we were in the 90s, we thought it was so cool that they could tell you were making a resume. Was it the word resume that tipped you off, Clippy? Yes, I am making a resume. What were you going to say? You? Oh, we we would uh, we'd pass around a, a little flash drive. Uh, basically, you had to type in word processing uh, class an assignment every single day that you were in there. And at the end, you were allowed to play as many computer games as you wanted. So what we would do is I was like, I'll take the first section, you take the middle section, and you take the end section, and we'll pair them all together, like by passing it around. So then we would be able to play video games in half the amount of time as all the other kids in class. But wouldn't they know that it, the beginning and middle and end of three people's papers was exactly the same? Well, we had a few mistakes that were the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we didn't have any mistakes, then it would have been fine. Oh, because you were. Yeah, I get it. It was like a printed out thing. And then the teacher pulled us outside of class afterwards. He's like, I noticed three exact mistakes <laughs> like throughout wow. like these. And then we got sent to the principal's office and uh, and I had to like do detention because of it. <laughs> Isn't it weird that if you could body travel, like I could take your soul mm -hmm. from you now, Jeremiah, and put it in child you in that class, right? That would be the best video game in the world. Like oh, it yeah. would be the most interesting. You would just be like, look at everybody's shoes. Look at the smell, the room look at the weird blinking lights how did i go to this school and when you were actually there all you wanted to do was play oregon trail <laughs> yep that's it <laughs> that's life baby that's it turns life. out oh fra fake frank that's life you're in a class and you don't appreciate that's life
Cheating with two friends. <laughs> That's life. Checks mix on a Tuesday with a glass of milk. Ooh. Milk was everywhere. Everywhere. I was a chocolate I used to guy through and through oh. every day at lunch. Chocolate milk. And I had to open I it backwards to be different from uh, from other people. The difficult way. I understand. I had to. The glued, I, the glued down way. I'm like, it's cool to do things different. And I'd open it up backwards and drink it. I, but you were a skinny kid? I was a chubby kid up until oh. like, uh, I want to say like eighth grade. I started to slim out and like, just like my height just took over. I was always tall. Yeah, but you like, stretched it like really, out. I stretched out. That's what everyone told me. I was so pudgy and they were like, don't worry when you hit your growth spurt, you'll stretch out. And I hit my growth spurt and I was like, guys, it came with me. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so betrayed because basically people were like, don't worry about it. Eat whatever you want. And I used to, even as a kid, I was like a 40 year old housewife because I was like, who's this bitch drinking chocolate milk and you're so skinny. And I'm over there drinking my skin, my skim opened the regular way. It wasn't uh, normal. Loser. <laughs> yeah. It's because my mom was my best friend. <laughs> so I knew how to gossip from her. Dude, I have these memories of my, and my mom and I will bring it up every, every once in a while where we have these memories where we're just eating chips and salsa like every day after school. And we can't remember where my brother and my sister were. <laughs> we just... We're, we're like this is just some some us time that, just eat chips and salsa i have no idea where my brother and my sister were i can relate so hard to that that <laughs> most of what i remember from my youth seemed to have been me and my mom yeah. Like I had, I should have had like a little trench coat and a newspaper and I'm coming home from school. I, she has my pipe ready. Like where was dad? He was at work, but he worked a lot. And then I do think he, again, this is why I, the, the Conan thing and then Sinatra, right? So Sinatra was sort of my dad's Conan, meaning you go to work and then you're done, but you stop by Patty's just for fun. You know, like those archetypes led to my dad's style. And he was just like, that's what a man does. So I'm not even faulting him. So he might have been enjoying a few slippery Manhattans. And I'm having like saltines with American cheese ever so slightly melted in the microwave. And my mom and I would just be eating them going, where's Dad and John, <laughs> we just, where are they? Where are they? We were, but we were homebodies. That's what I didn't know. Yeah. I, I, they want, like, they felt more alive out with the people. And if I've learned anything about the quarantine from the quarantine, it's, I've learned like, oh, I still am like, let's just have some saltines and some crackers and, and watch Conan apparently. <laughs> like I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm all set here. I would do the, uh, the tortilla chips, uh, with <laughs> melted sliced cheese. Oh my like God. on top of them, I'd pull off the little, I would do <laughs> little squares and I'd place them all over the of chips. Course. And then yeah, you, you, for, got, you for it, you uh-huh. for it. Yeah. Make your own little layers. And then if you get crazy, then you'd have salsa. You'd have the cheese chips dipped inside the salsa afterwards. 
That's yeah. I feel like that's classy. Mm-hmm. Like it the is. the scene in Step Brothers where he just throws chips with cheese on top of them in the microwave. I'm like that is the feeling of make a snack. Like if you if you a little kid knew how to use the microwave, knew there was cheese and chips, that's all you needed. But salsa, now you're getting in the world of like spice and like ooh the salt of the cheese and the peppers and the crunch and like now you're a little guy fieri. Yeah, a little fat kid connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The best. Boom. <laughs> and yeah. A little splash, a little Boom. splash of the hot dog water actually brings out the flavor of the beans. Like, now, wow! A, a hint of spam on the tip of a fork when you're stirring inside the salsa makes oh my a God. great confection of a dreamy snack. <laughs> All the things you're doing by accident, I do that when I cook for my baby. I'll have some like butter on the fork as I'm whisking her eggs. And I'm like, that's the secret. I'm like, is it? Or are you just too lazy to wipe off the fork? You have a you have a new secret every time <laughs> you the go- secret is a dang a cigarette dangling from my mouth, half awake. I, I imagine being a bad parent in the 90s. That's gotta be pretty easy. <laughs> I was just gonna say, super easy. You can get away yeah. with whatever because then. But you a bad say, parent. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Then you could just say like, like, like I'm right. You're like it's that Matilda thing. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm big. You're little. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. That whole nineties is the is the key era of like do as I say, not as I do, and like now I'm so glad it is the way it is now. But like. The things Val and I grade ourselves on is that like Leela will be upset and Val or I at the end of the day will be like, she was upset. And for a moment I was frustrated, (laughs) but like that wasn't like the subtlety of recording that the, that kids are doing wasn't a, it didn't seem like it was a consideration. My dad always goes, you don't think they're paying attention, but they are. And I'm like, no dad. We think they're paying attention. You didn't think we were paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Like you're and not just him, but all parents in the 90s didn't think we were listening. But man, the real to real was running, baby. We heard. We heard everything. We heard. Where did you hear that? That's just like what I say. <laughs> Hey guys, we'll be back with Pete just in mere moments, but I wanted to tell you that Jeremiah Wonders is brought to you by Express VPN. Question. Which of my online searches does the government have a right to know about? I would say not any. They, don't, they definitely should know about uh, are these bed bugs that I brought back from touring in Las Vegas? Also, what is a normal penis size? <laughs> you don't want the government or people knowing about If only I'd had ExpressVPN the entire time. Without it, anyone from hackers to ad companies can spy on what you do online. That's why you should use ExpressVPN every single time. ExpressVPN encrypts and reroutes your web traffic to any number of countries, keeping you safer and secure. Simply download the ExpressVPN app, click to connect, and boom, you're protected. With ExpressVPN, you can make it seem like you're browsing from a different country. So you can watch any Netflix library in the world you want, and I just think that's pretty freaking cool. ExpressVPN is super fast, costs less than $7 per month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's impressive. They must believe in their product. So protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash sax. That's expressvpn.com slash sax, S-A-X, for three months 
free with a year package. That's a pretty good deal. One more time for the boys on the back. Visit expressvpn.com slash sacks to learn more. And now let's get back to this sweet, sweet episode with my pal, Pete Holmes. Uh, this one comes from, oh, it's a, it's a, it's an impression suggestion that they're wanting to do. Uh, my, my buddy, uh, Zelda hunk is wanting you to do Ray Romano in Terminator and Predator. Sure. Here's, here's Predator. Come on. Come on, kill me. I'm here. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Kill me. Kill me. I'm here. Remember that part of Predator? Oh. Get in the man. chopper. Get it. I don't want to get in the chopper with the whip. It could fall. It could fall. I'm walking. I'm going to walk through the jungle. Give me a D. Give me your D. <laughs> <laughs> It's always about the predator, never about me. Oh, there it is, his brother. <laughs> yeah. Ray, no one loves you. Here he is in Terminator. <laughs> Look, I'm glad I can jump around in time, but why do I got to be nude? Huh? That's the catch. You can go see Abraham Lincoln, but he's going to see a speckle. I'm not even Jewish, and I'm saying speckle. How about the scene when uh, he first gets the clothes off of that guy and he's completely naked uh, when he's like, give me your clothes. Are we in one or two here? In one. Ooh, one. I'm trying to remember. He, he gets just, him from. He, he just is like, give me your clothes. <laughs> but give me your Give me your clothes. They would be polite about it. Yeah, I'd be like. Excuse me. Hi, T Terminate Robot T eight hundred. Yeah, um, you look like my size. What am, what am I kidding? I can't pull off those leather pants. Does anybody have like a khaki in a thirty two long? Anybody have some keds, keds, and maybe a vest, something that'll cover up my hairy nipples? I'm out here trying to kill Sarah Connor, and she can see my hairy nipples. Now they don't shoot lasers. I'm not that kind of robot. They do have a robot like that, though. I dated one in high school. Let me just say, I got a few lasers into my eyes. <laughs> I, was, I was watching this old 80s movie. It was called, uh, I think it was called The Night of the Demons. And it was one of those like strange gore horror films that that the the laser nipples reminded me of this for whatever reason. But this girl, it's the most awkward scene. This girl gets topless. She just takes like a very eighties nudity, you know, like yeah. deliberate and no reason for it. Just the like cheapest. They used to call it the cheapest special effect. Yeah, which is which is pretty weird. <laughs> that's, that's a weird one. <laughs> Opens her blouse and then it cuts closer in and then it's obvious i'm looking at him like this is like wax or something what is about to happen she takes the lipstick that she was like around her mouth she starts circling the boob and then she pushes the lipstick inside of the nipple i was like Whoa. Oh, <laughs> the whole my. lipstick thing goes inside the nipple and just like eats it why there was no reason. It was just like to to prove that like things were different in this haunted house <laughs> <laughs> that was going on that night on Halloween. I've never my penis has never been more confused than Total Recall with a three-breasted woman. 
Because oh, I yeah. was like, I know two of those are real. And my my penis was like, I can work with two real and one CGI. Hey, industrial light and magic. I'm about to industrial light and whack it over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Job. What do we got over here? Huh? <laughs> you can job. zoom. I'm a union slob. Let's get the work over here. You zoom into my brain as a kid. I'm, I'm masturbating, and it's just me watching that scene, trying so hard to like blur out the third breath. It's, and then I'm just like, fuck it, I'll work with it. It's you as a kid, but it's the men in black scene with the little alien inside the guy's head, but he's jerking off too, <laughs> like as a little Pete inside your head. <laughs> I definitely, I remember cranking it to that. That was, that was a confusing time. <laughs> but you know what? I hadn't seen any, I hadn't seen that many real breasts. I mean, like the three breast thing, if you had seen breasts would have been really trippy, but I was just like, is that one of the options? <laughs> I I didn't know. I, for whatever reason, I would always hear about my friends who would just see breasts like in public or something. I don't know if you, you had this experience, but like they would see them in, in like, not necessarily public, but they would see them at a party or something. And I would never see them firsthand. And I remember, uh, like an, uh, my uncle, uh, a neighbor, he's like, did you just see that woman over there? She was just showering with her window open. And I was like, what, what? And of course, by the time you get there, like it never, like you're always like late to it. Like, how come I'm never, I'm never seeing these boobs, but I keep hearing about them being out and about. That is hilarious. I, that would have driven me crazy. That's why there are all those movies like Superbad and stuff where the whole point is just to try and like, I, I forget what Superbad is, but it's something like that. Like, I just want to see boobs. That's what your life is as a, as a teen, as a preteen, I guess. Yeah. But we went into a strip club and just politely asked if we could come in. We were like, we're not even pretending to have fake IDs. I also did the same thing with pornography. We went up to the guy at the one store that sold Playboy. And I just said, like, I'm not 18, but like, please just let me buy that. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I remember vividly what he said. He said, you don't want that. Those magazines will make you go cross-eyed. And he crossed his eyes. And I was like, yeah, solid bit. Make with the boy. Make with the boy. Paboy. I thought he would honor like everything that I had learned from McGruff or um You thought he was would, gonna like would rip out a page, like one page is like this is all you get. And it's just the letters to the editor. Um <laughs> I have a I have an old Playboy when I became a man, I thought it would be funny or interesting or maybe even therapeutic to buy the Playboy from my youth. Like I was just like, I remember who was on the cover. I'm going to buy it on eBay. Oh, I remember what it was. This is the most me thing I've ever heard. I used to hide it in the lining of the chair in my bedroom, which is a pretty interesting. So there were springs and a, a black lining and I cut the lining and I put it between the springs and the lining, which is, you know, no way my mom or anybody, my mom cleaned my room wasn't gonna she wouldn't find it and then i was like i have all of this like christian sexuality and shame so i was like maybe it will help if i buy the playboy from my youth and i'll just leave it on my coffee table like a like a symbol to my psyche like it's okay 
that you thought this was beautiful or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so the joke I only did on stage once and I was like, buy it now, heal it now. <laughs> it was the line. It was so bad. <laughs> but uh, those magazines are 99% bullshit. It's like cologne ads, weird cartoons, uh, like letters to the editor. There'd be like some weird section about like, what a what a young jet setting yuppie would have in his briefcase, and it would be like a laptop the size of you know a studio apartment, and then like every twenty five pages there would be like some tasteful like nipple, <laughs> and that was that was what I remember of the magazine. <laughs> My brother would get um, he would buy Maxim magazines, and uh. He for sure, like my parents didn't know about it for sure because he like lived in our, in the basement in Kansas. And I remember uh-huh. he would, he would have like a stash like near the bathroom. So he was clearly jerking off with them like near the bathroom, but that was before I was jerking off. Like these are memories that I look back on now. I'm like, Oh, that's what he was doing with all those magazines. Pre-J. Like FHM, Maxim, these random, like, kind of swimsuit-y kind of, yeah, like, yeah, risque, yeah. like, wet t-shirt kind of magazines and stuff like that. I wanted, I, that was, remember this? You could get a subscription to Sports Illustrated, or I really wanted to, just for the swimsuit edition. Because you're just like, it's not, it's not, it's not a... a nudie mag it's i like sports but like i think my I parents mean, would have been volleyball or something right they uh, i'm pretty sure outdoor activities the rules to uh croquet are printed on their uh, bottoms <laughs> uh but i wanted that stuff so badly i you're helping me remember that one of the first so we went back to that store uh that was that was his uh attempt that was our attempt to do a decent and then later we went back and we, this is me and my friend Opie, and we moved the Game Pro magazines. Um, so we hid the Game Pros because the, the Playboys were behind the counter and the regular magazines were in the aisle. So we moved, it was a two step plan. One, hide the Game Pros. It's three steps. Two, ask them if they have Game Pro. He comes out from behind the counter. He's looking for the Game Pros. My man Opie. He's stealing a penthouse for him and he's out the door. So the guy finds the game pros hidden behind like home cooking. And I go, oh, great. Then I don't buy one. My friend is gone and I just leave. You'd think the riskier man in the operation is the guy that takes the the penthouse for him. But really, it was me with the guy, my friend having just left in a huff after clearly ducking behind the counter. I mean, he had to have seen it in his periphery. But I would read Penthouse Forum, which we didn't know. We just thought it was an easy one to snag because it was small. It's just like erotica. Do you know Penthouse no, Forum? I don't think so. It's the cliche joke. Like a lot of stand-ups made jokes about it in the 80s because it was always like, you never believe what happened to me last night. This lady starts watering my lawn. And I'm like, whoa, sweetheart, what are you doing? Next thing I know, she's watering my lawn. Like, it's just stories like that. Right, right. But they're supposed to be true, but they're so clearly not true. And I remember sitting in my basement, like your brother in the basement, pre-J, like I didn't know how to J it. Uh, So I'm pre-J, just reading erotica, 
just like getting blue balls basically like i would just get like turn i guess turned on and then would just close it like i was closing the goblet of fire and going like that was a that was pleasant i get the appeal that was some good prose <laughs> yeah i, I figured it out i remember uh uh dukes of hazard uh the remake with Jessica Simpson. Oh, yes, we all remember. So there was <laughs> there was an unrated edition on oh. on DVD that came out. And I remember uh nobody was home for whatever reason. I was completely home alone. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> I remember jerking oh, off in the in the living room where we watch like family movies and stuff, jerking off in the living room just enough. Like where, where, like I wouldn't, oh I didn't want God. to complete though, because I was like, once, you know, once it's done, it's over. The sensation's done. So I kept blue balling myself for like, <laughs> <laughs> you were milking it. You were literally milking, milking it. it. I was literally milking it. So then I go upstairs to, uh, look, uh, at, uh, on the internet. Cause nobody, <laughs> nobody's home still. I go up to my dad's office upstairs and uh now i'm on on internet explorer or mozilla firefox or whatever and uh i i pull up a picture and i was looking for girls in swimsuits because i felt guilty the christian guilt thing yeah you don't want to go too extreme you don't want to go too extreme but you that just was my that, that was my favorite it. part of crashing because it's true to life is that there's a scene where my character is depressed and he's looking for pornography and he just goes to Google and types in boobs and then all these hardcore images come up and then he sets the safe search to moderate, which is like so true of where I was at yep. that point in my life. And I have a fondness for that. I think there's some sweetness there, but like, I, I, I bet people think that's not true. And I'm like, no, it's true. Oh, no, I just wanted like 100%. the mildest something to get me there. But like the way that we all are, uh, with hardcore pornography, uh, that, that took some, took some getting, <laughs> took yeah. some getting, uh, I, I, I'm still not crazy about it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were saying though, so I'm on the computer and then basically what you kind of similar to what you're saying, something came up that was more risque than I wanted, but that's what set me off. And I wasn't even jerking off at that point. I just had a boner that was up for like a couple hours and I shot a load so high just when the boob came up <laughs> on the screen, I wasn't even touching it. And it just like went up and landed on my shoulder. And I'm like, eh, eh. of course, cause you were milking it for hours. That's exactly. how you get, that's like pulling the string on the bow back really hard. You're gonna, you're gonna have a blast radius on that. That's insane. Dude, you are reminding me. When I don't talk about it a lot, but uh, which is strange for me. I, I've sort of covered everything on my own show, uh, but like, I don't think I've told this story. I would look at porn and I wouldn't want to. Like, this is what people can't understand um, because this was my first marriage. So I'm probably like home from Bennigan's. I'm probably wearing my Bennigan's shirt. My, my name tag says Moose because I'm like a funny server. Uh, and I, I'm like, I realize the overlap between like wife and new mother figure is so crazy. Cause I was like, my wife isn't home. Like the, the psychological, like she's not here. It never even occurred to me. Like if I told Val, like 
I jerked off to pornography, she would just be like, why are you, I don't understand why I'm getting these updates. But like back in this day, I felt like I had to hide it. And there was so much shame from everyone, including myself. I didn't even want to admit to myself that I was doing it. So dude, this is so embarrassing, but I love it. I convinced myself, I saw a video, it was on some server and it was like a video called like underwater boobs or something. <laughs> okay. I, I know it was like underwater big bosoms. And I said to myself, that just sounds artistic. <laughs> like I was like, that's not pornography. You're that just sounds okay in your head. You're like, it's, it's fine. It's, it's like a lava about. lamp. It's a lava lamp. It's I, how do they undulate? It's got to be something that just sounds like an Andy Warhol. So I click on it and I'm feeling I'm I, my contention now is that like, this is what we were actually addicted to when we were horny, horny Christian boys, because that is in itself, uh, uh, it's called an eight ball or speed ball. It's, it's heroin and cocaine. So it's guilt and elation so you're getting both it actually makes the drug a little bit more addictive and a little bit more alluring if you're just you know i remember talking to neil brennan and, and he he's so unashamed like he's like oh yeah i look at porn every day i don't care and like it, i i bet his blast radius is smaller or 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 the pleasure is is less than the weird Christian boys that we were. Because when you feel like you shouldn't be doing it, it becomes this whole, it becomes an opera of drama. And then the release was fun, but then you felt so bad about it. So bad. But anyway, Immediately so bad. During the orgasm, you'd be I like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Forgive me. I used to have, yes. So I open Another up. Another sin. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yes. Oh. I watched underwater boobs and I wasn't touching myself and I blew it in my shorts. That what you said and what I'm adding to it, that is what it feels like to grow up believing that you were bad and going to hell or whatever it might be because of your sexuality and your sexuality is at the forefront that you could get yourself to that level of tension that like a good dominatrix would have a line across the block. If they could get you to, to come without touching yourself just because of the mixture of shame and like sort of voyeurism together. And you just a no touch, a no touch blast. Get out of here. Uh, so I I'm with you. <laughs> Life is so weird. I've heard that there's people out there that some strange people who say that they they know how to make themselves blast by focusing and just like doing. Really? Yeah. That's like there's like a small group of people who can do that. Who can just be like, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want that power. <laughs> he wasn't looking. I needed the mic and he wasn't looking.
Wow. Where did we lose him? Where did he start looking at his he, phone? Was he, it when I was telling the no touch jerk story? Maybe. I don't know. He was taking notes. <laughs> I also, dude, you'd, you'd relate to this. On, I found an old photo of me in my old apartment in Chicago around the no touch blast time. Yeah. That I had my schedule for Bennigan's on the calendar, on the whiteboard. There's a little whiteboard we had. And next to it was like ticks like you would have on the wall of a prison cell. It like four and then cross through. Yep. And that, I don't even know if my ex-wife knew what it was, but I knew what it was. It was how many days I had gone without jerking off. That's, that's the feeling. And I was 22 and married. I, I think one of the reasons I got married was I thought it might put an end to all of this insanity as if you could go from complete shame and lack of self-acceptance and a lack of self-love of your own uh, eroticism and your own sensuality and your own taste or whatever it might be, as if you could go from that to just a fulfilling sex life with your wife. Like you could just go like, I'll just shut all that off. Yeah, of course, you're still a, a reset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're still you know, just blowing that cartridge. <laughs> just put it back in there. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Oh my God. But that's what I thought it would be. I thought I would get married and now you'd have sex and like sex and like the ritual of jerking off and, and I mean, ritual deleting the history, asking for forgiveness. That was a completely different cocktail than sex, which can be quite lovely and life affirming, but it's a social thing. It's a, it's a connection thing has nothing. It's not even in the same ballpark. Even though both involve your wanger <laughs> blowing loads, like they're not, wangers, yeah, they're they're not they're not the same at all. They're not the same. I don't mean one's better. I just mean like it's a it's a it's something that needed to be reckoned with, <laughs> like so through therapy. With <laughs> yeah, through yeah, therapy. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, this one comes from uh, H. Poland. What's the thing that changed your stand-up career? positively the most like what's the biggest shift that made it feel like it was your career in stand-up i guess oh i i get that for me the first thing that comes to mind that's a generous question mr poland um the first thing that comes to mind is is when i dated a comedian i dated jamie lee we've been dating uh, we've been good friends for over a decade and for one of the those years we dated. I always want to point that out. The majority of our really been a great friendship. But when we dated, we certainly spent a lot more time together. And dating a comedian, especially Jamie, she's still great for this as a friend. She just started noticing what I was saying in life was funny. That was the shift. It wasn't like doing Conan that came later or, or getting a Comedy Central half hour. Those things obviously are probably the short answer. Mm-hmm. Like when I did my presents, that's the half hour on Comedy Central. That's when I was like, oh, I, I think I'm, I'm now a professional comedian. I, I can do this. Or doing colleges. Because when I started doing colleges, I would do like... I was like a great NACA act. So I could do like 50 in a year. And that was like, wow, I'm now making the same as a, you know, a manager of a Cracker Barrel, but like I'm doing it with stand-up, And that was really exciting. Now I think about that and I'm like, that's 
all those schools were like two planes away. None of them were just like fly to Detroit. It was like fly to Detroit, then connect to the upper peninsula. Like there were no, so we're talking hundreds of flights and hundreds of hours in rental cars. So it's again, just a shift. Something that at the time seemed like such a, my trains finally come in. Now I'm like, what a nightmare. Although middle seats going on bumpy planes into regions you just don't belong or you don't feel comfortable. Anyway, but when I was dating Jamie, I specifically remember going on a rant about what it was like to be a kid. And I said, like, you know, you have no money, you have no power. Your mittens are attached to your jacket. And I, I was just going like, this is the sound of what it's like to be a kid. And I'm like, <laughs> and she is such a good laugher. She starts dying laughing. And she's like, you have to do this. And at that point, I had never really considered a rant. Like I thought stand-up was like, RoboCop, are you really saving any time by dropping the T in Robo? Like that, that's what I thought stand up was. And then when I made another really funny person laugh really hard, I was like, that's got to be something. And that's when I started to feel like, oh, I'm not trying to be a stand up. I am a stand up. Like just the shit that I say during the day should be presented for hundreds of people. That's the interior green light. I was waiting for to really like fill out the suit and embody what it means to be a comedian. But it came from like, that's why like the people that I know that hung out with the, with the sort of like the depressive, I don't mean psychologically depressed. I mean, they were negative. They're always putting everyone down. They're always counting other people's credits and, and counting other people's stage time and just hating on everybody and certainly not laughing at each other. Just like, you know, miserable fucks, they're all not doing it anymore for the, for almost without exception, they all quit. Find those people that laugh with you and laugh at yep. the same stuff as you. That's what a writer's room is on a TV stuff. Colbert's room is, is a bunch of people that understand and get why he's funny and are funny like him. So like pick your, your stand-up friends carefully because, the, you know, in turn, when I hang out with Mulaney is a great example. Everything Mulaney says, you just go, you should do that. You should write that down. And then when he does, uh, it feels awesome, which is very rare. <laughs> very so you come rare. to fruition. Yeah. Uh, let's. Oh, this is this is a funny suggestion. Mary Kay Fables says Trump tries to enlist Batman's help, but they both have COVID and Ivanka <laughs> keeps walking into their view. Why does Ivanka keep walking like it's distracting? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Okay, you have to be you have to be Trump. All right. Thank you so much for coming here today, Batman. It's it's really an honor to have another superhero in my presence as another hero to you. Wait, what? People You think you're a super are you think you're a superhero? People look at me as a superhero. It's just one of those you, things. You can't, you can't be wearing a power red tie and be a superhero. You have to have eye makeup. You have to have it, I, one I half. Have eye makeup. I do have eye makeup, okay? 
I do. It's one of those. I put it on every day. There's there's white circles around my eyes. Okay. You. Pretty much, you and I are the same person. You put on the black eye makeup. I put on the white makeup just to give contouring and shading. And we both give grimacing. We're very. We're kind of the same person. You and I are very similar, Batman. Very similar people. I guess the flap of your jacket that hangs over the balcony of your ass does sort of look like a cape. I'll give you that. We're both cape crusaders. Melania, please get out of our way. All right. We're trying to have a conversation here. I thought that was the Riddler. (laughs) She looks like she has a secret. She's got lots of secrets. I've paid her lots of money to keep it hush-hush, okay? You, you know who else looks like she? Rihanna looks like she has a secret. You ever notice that? Melania Trump and Rihanna both look like they know something. Rihanna, she's I've I didn't trust her ever since she started singing about umbrellas. Okay, who <laughs> sings a song about rain and umbrellas? Okay, it's not catchy. I don't know why. Who who that's for? But it's not me. Okay, Missy. Well, an umbrella is like a mask that you wear for the sky water COVID. And you wouldn't use that because that's some weak shit. And my mask is the opposite of COVID safe, which is why we are the same. We refuse to cover the same part of our face. Yeah, I I actually respect you very much for that reason, as you don't like to cover your mouth. And I don't like to cover my mouth either. It's probably why, Batman, you and I, we both have the COVID right now. The Chinese flu. Okay. Did you know in Trump, in China, they call it the Trump flu now? <laughs> Is that a real thing? Because I'm going to build a wall over there, bigger than their Great Wall. It's going to be a fantastic wall. Okay. You're going to build a fantastic wall of China? I'm going to build a fantastic, tremendous wall of China. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. All right, Bruce. Somebody, you have to do that. I mean, tell Jeremiah Watkins that he needs to do a bit where he's like, to contain COVID, Trump wants to build a wall in China. Someone should tell him we should do that and then just unveil the Great Wall of China and be like, we did it. And then he'd be like, I knew we could we do it. We did it. We're doing a little rebranding. It's now called the Fantastic Wall of China. Okay. This is, you're the funniest. You're the funniest. Now <laughs> <laughs> you're too funny. I can't, I can't keep up. Even, even Batman. I just wanted to hear you talk. <laughs> what could, what could anyone say to that Trump impression? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> One time I came without touching it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's, that's a superhero power in itself. Just being, I willed it and it happened. I can light my own bat signal if you know what I mean. Alfred, it happened again. What happened again, Mashaway? What happened I again? Ble- I blew in my lycra. You're going to have to get in there with a squeegee. Do you know how many times I've had to spray and wash that suit because there's cum in the Batman suit? I don't appreciate it one bit, all right? I have to get down on my hands and knees. I have to take off 
My Mr. Pennyworth. White glove. I came, I came again. Batman, when, can you stop when, coming? I just cleaned your other suit. The other one's in the dry cleaners right now. When you said got down on your hands and knees, I thought about you. And I made it, made it go again. All right, well, let, let me clean this up. I mean, you got to get back out there and fight Catwoman, okay? She's out in the streets right now. Oh, uh, oh God. Sometimes it's the third one that feels the best because you have to work for it. Is it because I said Catwoman? I mean, what, what was the trigger here that caused you this to come time in the bat suit again? It, it was just your nasally British voice. Is it British or are you Australian? No, I'm more Cockney. So a little bit. I came again because I was thinking about all the things that are down under. Batman, will you please stop coming, okay? I've gone through four Batman shoots already. And- oh, that time it was just a mist. It was like an asthmin as I'm there. Great. It's like one of those little dollar store general fans that you put the water in and it takes one AA battery. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what your cock is doing right now. I have one of those on my utility belt because the biggest foe I have in Gotham is unwanted accumulation of moisture. This suit is hot. Listen, they're about to poison the water in Gotham right now. If you don't get out there, it's very important. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Have we jumped back to Batman Begins? Is that what's happening right now? I'm supposed to be re-afraid of the Nick Kroll-looking scarecrow? Uh, No, I'm not afraid of him. And I'm not afraid of Heath Ledger Joker. And I'm not afraid of weird crab face Bane. You're going to need to come up with something new if you want me to get back out on the streets. Oh, I came again because of all the things that happened out on the streets. Uh, okay. Um, well, um, Killer Croc is actually running wild in the sewer. Thank right you. Yes. I would love to see with my father Nolan would do with Killer Croc. Make that subtle and appreciable by the Academy. I think that why why not swing for the fences and go for Clayface? Oh yeah. I'd love to wedge my dollar store fan into a crevice of the clay. Okay, you're getting off topic, Batman. We have to get you back out there. That's my favorite song from the 50s. I want to take Clayface up to the hill, up and down, up and down. I wonder if John Legend has ever been like, I'm not leaving the studio till I come to my own music. <laughs> Whatever. I think is. that's how he ends every recording session. <laughs> All <of> me. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Michael Bolton won't leave until he comes in his velvet <laughs> pants. God, you are a true talent. You, you thought, is that Michael Bolton? I think that's Mike. That, that's uh, Michael McDonald. Michael Mike Bolton. McDonald. Dang it. I got the wrong Michaels mixed up. Mike, Mike McDonald. He's coming the whole Michael time. Michael McDonald is coming. I keep forgetting. <laughs>
I'm gonna. Michael that Bolton. Was a bit. Yeah, Michael Bolton. What is he? He sounds more like. Uh, yeah, a little bit more like epic. Just like. <laughs> All he's he's Kenny G that, that plays the throat saxophone. That's who he is. There it is. The same. It is. It's the same guy. Same same diff. Vest flowing hair. Come on. That's the same. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, come on. What are you doing? Yet? This is Bill Burr stuck in committing to a bit that he doesn't believe in. No, it's the same guy. One of, one of them's playing a sax, one of them singing a song. No, same guy. But he doesn't, he can't access the vulnerability to, to just be like, nah, it's not. It's not. He has to commit. Triple. <laughs> What's I'm next? excited to see Burr host uh, SNL. Is he gonna? Yeah, just got announced yesterday. Oh, that's incredible. He's cool my favorite. I, I, I can't wait. That's inc- And I'm excited for Rock. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to check out that episode. It'll yeah. be good. Uh, let's do this last one, and then we'll close it out with uh, some sex talk, if you're up for it. Um, oh, my God. This- I already told the story of coming in my pants. <laughs> Underwater boobs. I mean, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid right there. Um, this one comes from Joey Carper. Uh, they want you to do, do you do a Harrison Ford? No. Interesting. This no, is Pete, Pete is Harrison Ford on the set of Indiana Jones trying to convince Jeremiah Steven Spielberg that he needs more than just a whip. Okay. I just feel like I, uh, I'm out there and, uh, you know, there's boulders and there's, uh, indigenous people and, uh, you know, there's my love interest, and I'm I'm fighting off Nazis with a whip. They have guns. They have knives. Can I please at least get some brass knuckles? I mean, uh, Harrison, that's all you really need is that whip. That's your rebuttal. Okay. I mean, well, we we're at make it. this family friendly for the kids and stuff. So I think that well, whip is fine. And it's one of those things that could easily be for the poor kids emulated by rope. So I think it's a good idea for that for you. Okay. okay. You listen to me. When I came home, there was a whip in my house. You find that whip. <laughs> it's the fugitive. <laughs> there was there was there was cool whip in my fridge. Oh my gosh! I found the whip in the fridge. <laughs> so they can give you Provasic. <laughs> That's the drug in the fugitive. That's a great film. Um, well, dude, you've. I appreciate how long uh, we worked out the tech kinks at the beginning of the show. I don't want to take advantage of of more of your time that you've already, you know, that you've already allotted for this sweet and good man. You'll, you'll see. I'm so excited for you around 12 is when, when we'll start calming the baby and then we'll put her in the car and take her for a drive. So she naps. So this is going to time out just right. Just right. Just right. Yeah. Just right. Yeah, it's just fine. I think the, the amount of time for this is actually quite good. <laughs> Who is that? I think it's uh, maybe I was doing some kind of Paul McCartney. I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Very nice. Maybe a stone bomb I'm not. I'm not quite sure whether or not this one of the hits of the Beatles, or whether or not. <laughs> But it's, you know, Ringo and I were hanging out the other day and we just, uh, you know, bippity bopping on some drums and some, and I was singing with my, uh, I still got a full set of voice. It's not as strong as it used to be, but uh, I, st- I still got it. I still do. Some of them, uh, you're like, maybe you should stop having it. You ever just go like, just go live in St. Bart's or something. You're, you're a beetle. You don't need to be selling out Fenway Park, but he must like it. Yeah. Probably likes it. I like I it quite. I it. like it quite a bit. I like it. I can't do it. It's Liverpool. You ha- you know you're famous when your accent becomes the Beatles accent, not the oh, Liverpool. The accent. whole country, just all of this is just you know you know that's like this is all our Liverpool sounds is just like this. <laughs> that's a bit, dude. I've been trying to do for a long time, which is like. Americans are so charmed by British comedians, actors, and all this stuff. And I'm like, they're just basic bitches. Like, they're not special. They're just like, we're in the crowd. Like, he said in it. I'm like, they all say in it. Like, but we're just so like, yeah, having a spot of coffee, aren't I? Yeah, cheers. Wake up, me grumbles and me jumbles. And it's like, that's just a basic fucking dude. It makes me laugh so hard. We just can't. He's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, good looking out. Good to be here doing a bit of the stand-up comedy. And I'm like, why are we laughing? This is just John Smith of fucking London. Can I go there and just be like, what's going on? What's going on in the news? What else is happening? Look at this guy. They're not that charmed, but for some reason they sound like hobbits to us and we can't get enough. What so? What's their version for us then? What do you think that that like if if one of our accents went over there? Oh, it's definitely New York. If it went, he said across the pond, he didn't make up across the pond. (laughs) It's definitely. I feel like if you ask John Oliver or anybody to do an American accent, it's always like, "Hey, I'm walking over here," which has never been a guy. I mean, you could show me. All of the available footage of the 70s in New York. No one was ever like, I'm walking here. That's from Back to the Future 2 when shoes had no laces. <laughs> Do you ever run into those caricatures of people in real life every once in a while, though? And you're like, oh, is this the one person that they're basing this off of? Oh, yeah. All the time. And you want to tell them, like, do you know that you're an archetype? Yeah, you're the guy? <laughs> I'm sorry, real life Fran Drescher? <laughs> oh, they have a croissant bar. You're a character. If you could please lower your, your voice, Fran, that would be very appreciated. Oh, this is my whisper. Uh, Where's you... Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> We're... How did they not date? How did they not date for six uh, talk weeks? Talk about power couple. Ow, my <laughs> <laughs> She could have taken over for the Affleck duck. No one would have noticed. That would have been such a great maneuver. And they could reboot the nanny with him, with Gilbert, as the Manny. And we're in business. The Manny? Stop it. Come on. Girl. Stop it. Girl. Girl. Stop it. 
It's funny that I've, I've had gay friends that made the same thing where like, I'll, this was years ago. I was laughing at everything this guy was saying. And one of my other gay friends was like, he just doesn't have enough gay friends to know that you're just a guy. Like you're just one of like, it's hard to say this without putting someone down. But like when I watch Queer Eye and it's so delightful, I'm like, how much of this is that I don't have enough flamboyant gay friends? Like, is this unique to Jonathan? Or is Jonathan dipping into a collective persona that's like, oh, honey, like you you look so good and you don't even know it. And, and we're so delighted. But like, there's probably 5,000 people like that. But that's the one we know. And we're just like, where is he getting this stuff? And I wonder if other gay men are like, I know 50 Jonathans. Like, this is just unique to you because you're in Idaho. <laughs> the gay guys are just watching Queer and he's like... Honey, that guy is a hack. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is too funny. Okay, what is what is the last thing? The last thing was sax talk. If you wanted to share a story of a sexual encounter, um, the the last one that you did was uh, you and Val making uh, orgasm noises uh, with each other and being silly in the bedroom. Um, and then the other one was you staining, you going poo-poo on a, uh, a comforter. Yeah. I remember that one. That was, that's one of my good ones. Oh, oh day. Oh, day. Oh, day. Sex story. Stories. Trying to think. And if nothing comes to mind, that's also cool too. Because we've also done a couple pretty solid ones. Let's pivot to this question. I don't know what this means. Um, is there somebody says read Martin 03 says an appearance from Mean Pete? Oh, sure. I can hear my baby crying. I hope she stops. I love Mean Pete. Um, mean Pete is my roasting persona. Um, who are we going to roast? It's, you're, you're hard to roast, though, Jeremiah. <laughs> it's also sort of hard to roast in a non-roasting setting. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my poor baby. She's crying. I, I, think, I, I think I have this to go. Perfect, I'm so sorry. You, no, I, dude, you've already spent so much I time. I got one. It. I got one. You look okay. like a high-end Japanese sex robot. That's who you look like. <laughs> like you look like a very expensive sex slave in Japan. <laughs> like you, you do not have a human soul, but you have every working hole. <laughs> and that's why you're fun to roast because that's what you do. You lean into it. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, dude. Thank you so much for coming back. And uh, it's always a blast to have you on. And uh, I hope to see you soon when this, uh, these, these weird times. And yeah, weird times. When we can, man, we're doing this again. First thing, when we're sort of more comfortable to do it, I want to come in the studio and play with those mics that definitely both of those mics have COVID-18, but you know. <laughs> Not but 19. They're of age, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. 